Hello and welcome to Freelance Corner. I'm Jess and this is Faye. Hello. Now regular listeners may notice the name change. This podcast used to be called Freelance Party Broadcast but we decided to rebrand ourselves as Freelance Corner as that's the name of the platform that this is the podcast of. Before we get started just a reminder that we're recording from our homes so the sound may not be as good a quality as you're used to but we're doing everything we can to keep bringing you the podcast. Today's question that we wanted to answer is, how can recent graduates market themselves as freelancers? So we're joined by Victoria Prince, who's a marketing consultant. Thanks so much for joining us, Victoria. It's great to have you here. Thanks for asking me. We had a really interesting chat last week, and I'd love to share with our listeners, you know, what you do. So could we start by you introducing yourself and your career? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I'm a marketing consultant, as you've said, and I run Touchpoints Marketing, And there's three different areas of my business. So one is the marketing maverick side where I work with graduates. One is the kind of one-to-one work that I do with clients myself. And then another area, which is recently launched, is the Connecting Entrepreneurs Online, which is the CEO Members Club. So it's more like a group membership where everybody comes together and shares experiences. Marketing maverick sounds really interesting and it must help a lot of recent graduates many of whom are currently job hunting through a very tough marketplace. So how can graduates use their time to upskill while they're job hunting? Oh, it's a really good question. And and one that they're always asking me these questions and, and because it's so relevant. So they're saying, should I go and get some um, volunteering experience or should I go and get a part-time job? Should I, like you say, upskill and start to add some more stuff to what they're able to do? And it's really hard to, to answer without having each individual person in front of me to give them well, what I think they should be doing um, based on what they've done so far. But generally, what I'm seeing is that the best thing for them to do right now is to be adding to their skills. So instead of looking at qualifications and you know going and spending loads of money on, on different qualifications, what I'm seeing is that when they're graduating, best things they can do is to really hone some skills like copywriting, designing, that might be with Canva, like get really comfortable with Canva, things like email marketing. So if they can really master a platform like MailChimp or MailerLite or ActiveCampaign and just really, you know, that'd be that one of their niches. Or building websites, like if they just start building websites on Wix and, and just getting really comfortable with structure copy imagery and seo then they're starting to build some skills that they've you know even if they're doing it for friends friends businesses um they're starting to build some skills that can really then be transferable into client work and how important is that Uh, you know with your experience of recent graduates is it becoming harder to find work at the moment yeah, I think I think with COVID, it's harder than it. I mean, it was hard before, you know, just I'm, I'm an alumni at Nottingham Trent University. So I go in and I spend a lot of time with students. And, you know, when, when I'm saying to them, what are you going to be doing when you graduate? And, and the majority of answers is always, oh, I'm going to be on a graduate scheme. I'm looking for a graduate placement as if that's the magic answer to everything. And, and it isn't always because if you can imagine a company right now that might have, say, 200 employees is currently everybody's working from home well all the majority are working from home and they're having to you know HR is having to kind of work out are there going to be redundancies how are we going to restructure things how can we support our staff and whereas they might have had a graduate placement to bring in you know three or four graduates each year fresh blood into the business and put them through a scheme where they're learning about all different areas of the business 
that actually is almost something that's going on the back burner right now for a lot of companies. They, they really can't be thinking about that as well as what they've got to do with their existing staff. So it makes it harder for graduates to look for jobs. And they are saying, how can I take my future into my own hands and, and decide what I'm going to do for myself and have that quality of life, have, you know, if, if, if they prefer to work in the afternoons and the evenings, want the morning in bed, they can, you know, like I think, there isn't just a nine to five after university anymore. And, and I think it's really because of the pandemic, it's making people see things differently. Absolutely. And I think that leads on nicely to the question that I have already teed up. But how can freelancers market themselves when they've just graduated, often with little experience, like you've just mentioned? With the Marketing Mavericks course that I've made, it really goes into lots of different areas to, to help them with exactly that. Um, answer to your question. One of the areas is you need to start to create a, a net, you know, you need to decide on what your brand name is, create a logo, start to build your own website, and then start to create a presence on social media. Like these are these are basics that people are going to want reassurance that your business is up and running as they are making decisions as to whether to use you. Because these are kind of staple basics that if they're not there, they'll think, oh well, you know, how long have they been going or, you know, they can't be very good if they've not got their own website kind of thing. So they're, they're really the basics. It's also about deciding who their target audience is and either niching or being a kind of master of all um, so that they can really then start to hone in on who their target audience is and, and market to them effectively. Victoria, that's all so interesting. I wonder at the moment, do you think that freelancers need a work social media or a portfolio online, especially because maybe we can't do interviews and stuff like that at the moment how important is it that we have an online presence and employers or potential clients could get to know us through our online profile it's vital really when you think about it there's less uh, face-to-face element now you can't just turn up for an interview like we all did back in the day it's really important that the person who's looking through cvs sifting through has lots of different options on how they can find out more information about you linkedin for example would just be you know, an absolute no brainer. Well, firstly, having a LinkedIn profile and secondly, having it up to date with as many different opportunities that you've put on there, you know, there's like volunteering, part-time jobs, putting all of this on makes such a difference. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, working at McDonald's throughout university, it all adds to that, you know, like a rounded picture of who this person is that, that they're prepared to graft during, you know, their, their university studies. I've just had 18 students apply for a 30-hour work placement actually it's, it's really fascinating this because they are PR and journalism students who are applying for this 30-hour um, work placement that is for the marketing mavericks course in particular um, so because they are of that age it's perfect because they're helping me to target people that are their age that are marketing students so within the applications it's been so fascinating to look at graduate LinkedIn profiles and to ask them questions about what would you do to market this or um, what skills can you bring to this and you know half of them came back and they were literally like filling it with paragraphs full of information because they want it really bad you know because they want to add all of this information in and but then they get another half that don't even answer all the questions and stuff so it just says a lot about somebody the more places that they are active and trying to get out there in front of you just starts to showcase their abilities if nothing else it shows that they're willing to work and graph for something doesn't it yeah definitely I wonder as well Victoria because 
more of us, I guess, kind of the younger generations coming through now. We've grown up with the internet. We may be a bit more in tune with social media. We understand it, that our generation has something so valuable to offer that there's work out there because we have those expertise kind of in social media. And I think sometimes for graduates, I mean, I graduated uh, three three years ago from my degree in two, yeah, two years ago since I left university. And I found that there's, I remember thinking at the time, well, what does that, what, what can I offer anyone? But you can, because actually the stuff that we do in our spare time, like social media, those skills are so valuable to organisations. We just, 100%. I think that graduates need to kind of value ourselves and market ourselves a bit better. Yeah, exactly. And what you're doing day to day, you don't even think about how you're, even, even how you'd consider whether something needs to be landscape or portrait, whether you're going to be putting it onto Twitter and it be landscape portrait, if it's going to be on a story on Instagram, you know, you'd be thinking when you're taking that photo exactly where it's going to be. So even just, you know, the, the step before posting, the setting up of, of, of that image, you're thinking about whereas somebody who's got a manufacturing business, you know, they're too busy in the business, looking after staff, sorting out, you know, products incoming, products outgoing, export, everything that they're trying to sort. But actually social media goes on the back burner or they try to do it and it doesn't work out very well because it's just not their forte. And so outsourcing to marketing freelancers who just live and breathe social media is an absolute no-brainer. I completely agree. We have got some questions sent in from freelancers, but before we go to them, Faye and I decided that each week we want to celebrate a success story from one of you at home. So I asked freelancers of Twitter to send in their biggest success of the week, and Faye, I can't wait to tell you this week's one. This week's featured freelancer is Bradley Gerard, who's a freelance journalist, and Bradley sent in, this is what he said, I totally avoided the biscuit tin all day only to realise that the per portion nutritional information on the tub of Greek yoghurt related to a tenth of the pot, not a quarter, and I thought I was being so restrained. In terms of work, I've discovered some more work avenues. Good for you, Bradley, and I appreciate the focus on food there rather than work. It's exactly what I wanted to read, so... I think we can all agree that portion sizes are a joke. So congratulations, Bradley, on your restraint, even if it was misplaced. I completely agree. Completely agree. I can't even eat just one biscuit. I have to eat the whole box. So <laughs> fair play to you, Bradley. <laughs> if you want to be our featured freelancer in the next episode of Freelance Corner, please send us your success, no matter how big or small, to content at freelancecorner.co.uk and we'll let you know if we feature you. Now we have some questions sent in from freelancers for us to ask you, Victoria. Firstly, Sarah asks, when starting out as a freelancer, how do I know how much to charge? Ooh, it's a good one. It is a good one, Victoria. And I wonder if I could firstly say that we have a guide on this on Freelance Corner that's called the Guide to Setting Rates. So I'll link to that in the show note below, um, Sarah, so you can see that there. And but Victoria, what would your response to this be? The way that I talk to graduates in particular, especially when talking about their first client, is that they have a 20-20-20 rule. And that is that you work 20 hours on your business, 20 hours in your business, and that you charge £20 per hour for that first client. And that seems like pretty fair because it's not over-egging somebody. They're not feeling like, oh, I'm charging too much because, you know, national minimum wage, it's kind of double that roughly. And it's not feeling like too scary for them to be charging somebody 20 pound an hour 
but also for a startup business who actually just wants to take somebody in under their wing and give them a 10 hour a month contract, 20 hour a month contract, that actually works really well. And from that starting point, then they can start to add on and, you know, then start charging 25, 30, 40, you know, wherever then they feel confident to start raising that up, you know, whether that be on every six months, whether that be each client, it's just starts to creep up slightly. And then just keeping that rate for that client for a set amount of time. And then, you know, as things move on, move the price up. How does that sound in line with your guide? I'm really intrigued. Yeah, I was just going to say that kind of works out what we say. We say work out how many hours a month you want to work and then um, divide that by the minimum that you need. So work out what the minimum is for you to be able to succeed and live your life comfortably, not kind of what's the absolute minimum you need. Like what's the comfortable amount that you would like to earn? And then divide it by the hours, but don't, you know, don't assume you're going to be working every hour under the sun. Oh, totally. Yeah, how many hours do you actually want to work for a client rather than just working on your business? And that's the, the rate that we say you should set. But my follow-up question for you then, um, and this is something I think all freelancers struggle with, and there's definitely no right or wrong answer, but how do you find out where the point is where you need to start negotiating for a higher pay? Is it based on results, do you think, or is it a time thing, experience? It definitely comes with time and experience and and the more comfortable they feel because there's kind of like two rules of thumb. There's there's one that I hear people saying, I can't possibly charge that. You know, and I've probably even been in that position myself in the past and thought, oh, I can't possibly charge that. And, and, and I will be now, you know, I'm probably past that totally. But there's the opposite to that, where it's people can have a bit of bravado and then they're starting to think, oh, I, I'm going to charge this out the gate, um, you know, straight out of university. And if they're lucky and they get it, brilliant. But, you know, you don't want to kind of fall flat on your face and, and be putting yourself out there at a rate that isn't going to be realistic for what people can afford and where your experience is placed because if you've got your marketing degree and you're going out there and starting to become a freelance marketer that is just like absolutely fantastic but you just can't be commanding high rates at that point it's something that needs to grow over time with experience and and actually I've had people who are not graduates who have done the marketing mavericks course and people with 15 years experience um, in the marketing corporate world and they'll do the marketing mavericks course and they'll and I'll say just take the hourly rate with a pinch of salt because obviously you know this is for graduates so just be mindful of that anyway and then we'll have a conversation at the end and talk through where their hourly rate should be and we'll do that one-to-one because you know when somebody's come from employment into being self-employed they are a little bit like I don't know where to kind of put a line in the sand on 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 where I'm on what I'm charging right now I don't know what feels comfortable. I have no idea. And so we'll kind of, you know, flesh out some ideas. And then when they feel comfortable, go off and start charging and then just start increasing when it feels the right time. That's so good. Such great advice. Another question that we got sent in was from Chantel, who asks, I want to start working as a freelance marketing consultant, but I'm not sure which software I need to buy up front and if there's any software that I absolutely need. Ooh, good question. Yeah, there are things out there which are free or very reasonably cheap. Um, You definitely don't need to go spending a lot of money on software up front when you're first starting out as as a consultant. There's four that I would suggest having a look into. The first when building your logo and brand assets would be Canva. Really easy to use. I'm sure it's been mentioned a lot on the podcast in the past. Um, Then 
Wix for creating the website, Hootsuite for scheduling the social media into posts. So you can obviously have three profiles and put up to 30 posts at a time in Hootsuite for free. And then Wave for invoicing. And that's something that I is in the Mavericks course where I'm talking about all of these areas and helping them to gain confidence in what they're doing so that they can just hit the ground running. That's really interesting. I think that this marketing maverick course just sounds incredible. I've already been telling so many people about it, Victoria. I honestly have so many people I've just said, you know, this is a really good idea. Thank you. And when we shared it around the marketing team and had a look at it, everyone was so impressed. And Aww. the feedback that I've had from so many people is I wish that had been there when I graduated. Yeah, yeah, I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah, which is absolutely true. I think you help a lot of people um, and it's brilliant work that you do. The last question we have is from Steve who asks, how can I ask people to recommend me on LinkedIn? I don't want to seem imposing. This is an interesting one, Victoria, because I guess this is about how you market yourself and how the confidence when you just graduated to kind of ask for those recommendations so do you have any advice there for Steve? I had a a request recently and actually somebody had reached out to me and they'd sent an email and they said uh, you know we were talking about something else and then they said would you mind if I send you a LinkedIn recommendation request and then I was like of course not yeah go for it then it came through after that and and it just seemed like a nicer way than just being you know, if he's, if he's saying, I don't seem imposing, I guess imposing would literally be clicking that request button on a hundred people in one day. And those people thinking, oh, hello, I've not seen you for like five years since before you've even graduated. Who are you and what do you actually do now? You know? So I think it's speaking to people who, you know, get, getting specific about who you want to recommend you, maybe even talking to them about, I'm trying to get into this sector. And as you know, um, I've I've done X, Y, and Z in the past, and I, you know, I wonder if you could mention those in the recommendation, and just kind of giving people a bit of a rough idea on what you'd like them to say, for them to then put it in their own words. And I think the outreach to kind of soften it off and not be just sending requests out is the best way. That's something that I definitely struggle with myself, just because I don't ever want to seem imposing. But that's a really nice way of thinking about it. But another thing that I'd like to mention that. I found helps me is when I'm actually working with people so people that I've like in my previous job role for example when leaving I'd be like do you mind if you leave me a review on my LinkedIn and I can leave you one as well that's also a nice way of approaching it as well brilliant or even thinking about the tutors as well because if the tutors recognize that the students are working really hard on projects for the students then go to the tutor and say would you mind putting a recommendation on LinkedIn for me? The tutor, of course, is going to go, yeah, you know, I know how hard you're working. And for them to talk about, like, the hardworking nature of the, of the student and the, and the tenacity and the perseverance of what they're doing and, you know, great teamwork on projects and things, these are all transferable skills that people are going to want to see in the future. Whether that person is freelancing now and might go into a job and then freelancing again, you just like everybody's lives are just so fluid at the moment. So even having recommendations on there is great for anything that happens in the future with whatever their job career takes them. Remember that if you have any questions about freelancing that you want us to put to an expert, then drop us an email at content at freelancecorner.co.uk. That's it for this episode. You'll be able to find a lot of information in the show notes below and on the Freelance Corner website. We'll link to Marketing Maverick so you can find out all about it. Thank you for listening. Join Freelance Corner, the online platform for the UK's freelancers, 
at freelancecorner.co.uk for regular guides, tools and content on growing your freelance business. Please subscribe to our podcast, like, share and leave us a review. And let us know what we should quiz an expert on next time. We hope our listeners are staying safe at home and thank you so much for joining us, Victoria. You're welcome.